This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today, partly sunny with a high near 45. Tonight, a chance of rain and snow showers, low around 30. On Wednesday, mostly cloudy, chance of snow and rain showers with a high near 43. Authorities at Binghamton University say the body of a student was discovered outside the 15-story library tower on the Vestal campus on Monday. In a statement, University President Harvey Stanger said police and the Harpers Ferry Student Ambulance Service were sent to the building early Monday morning. According to the statement, a student was discovered deceased. The area on the north side of the library tower was sealed off with temporary fencing and plastic sheeting was used to conceal the scene where the body had been found. Stanger said the police investigation showed no criminal activity. He said the student's family had been notified. A statement was posted to the university website shortly before 9 a.m. indicating police were investigating an incident that occurred outside the Bartle Library Tower. Less than 30 minutes later, an update advised that classes had been canceled for Monday. In his message about the student's death, Stenger wrote, Our deepest condolences go to the family and friends of the student. We are overwhelmed by the tragic nature of their passing. Stenger encouraged everyone to support each other, look out for each other, and share concerns with campus professionals as appropriate. On Monday afternoon, Broome County Sheriff's Office patrols responded to a motor vehicle accident that claimed the life of a teenager in the town of Colesville. The accident occurred on Welton Street between Still Road and Old Welton Street in the town of Colesville. A preliminary investigation found that a pickup truck containing three teenage individuals left the roadway and collided with a tree. The two passengers were treated at UHS Binghamton General Hospital with minor injuries, but the driver of the vehicle was pronounced dead at the scene. This is an ongoing investigation. More details will be released as the investigation concludes. On October 26th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 10 Holland Street, Apartment 1, located in the city of Binghamton, assisting the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 9mm caliber brand handgun, one high-capacity magazine, 9mm ammunition, approximately 6.2 ounces of meth, 1.5 ounces of cocaine, 1.6 ounces of fentanyl, $906 of suspects' drug proceeds, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Joshua Melton and Stephanie Nelson were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on charges of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, criminal possession of a firearm, criminal possession of a controlled substance second degree, criminal possession of a controlled substance third degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and endangering the welfare of a child. Millions more dollars are flowing into Pennsylvania's race for a state Supreme Court seat as labor unions, trial lawyers, and billionaires spend heavily. 
The latest reports due Friday show that spending zipped past $17 million as Democrat Dan McCaffrey, Republican Carolyn Carluccio, and their allies claw, claw for an advantage. The election is November 7. More than half, at least 12 million, came after September 18, while more than 5 million is from groups that are conduits for cash from two billionaires who are major GOP donors. Labor unions and trial lawyers support McCaffrey. The court currently has a 4-2 Democratic majority and one open seat. A little-known New York City jail believed to be the last operating prison ship in the country is set to shutter this week. The barge first arrived in the South Bronx in 1992 and was one of several floating jails used by the city at the time. But while it was meant to be a temporary solution, the jail has remained operational, even as detainees and their advocates have repeatedly condemned its dank, cramped conditions and extreme isolation. Most of the roughly 500 people incarcerated in the jail earlier this month will be moved to Rikers Island, the city's main jail complex. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Joseph, this is Binghamton Now, Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. And the phone lines are open now at 607-772-1290. We would love to hear from you here at WNBF at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm John from Binghamton. Well, good morning, Johnny. Good morning. I'd like to talk about Magnus Energy and IM3 in New York. There are some new developments. Uh, anything anything that is shocking? Well, I don't think uh, from a credibility standpoint anymore anything could be shocking. And keep in mind that these are two comp... Uh, well, the, well, let me... Let me say what I've got to say. Uh, there was an article, in, I'm arguing with myself, there's an article in the Financial Review, that's an Australian financial paper, uh, a few days ago. And that claims that the orders to IM3, these tens of millions of dollars worth of battery orders uh, that haven't been fulfilled yet, are coming from a company located in the subcontinent and in London, 
uh, that only has $117,000 left. So that begs the question, how are they going to buy uh, millions of dollars worth of product uh, from IM3 New York? when they Maybe they'll borrow a lot of money, or maybe they'll get it from Uncle Sam. I don't know. I, I mean, I know a lot of questions have been raised about the... Uh, the financial picture surrounding the whole Endicott battery hub. Is it a hub? Is it well, supposed to be a hub? Yes. And, you know, this is not chump change. We've got $80 million into this idea uh, not of a battery hub. Some of it has went already to IM3. IM3 has been on the government uh, uh, breast for... Uh, uh, since its inception is CV, whatever, uh, there is more news. The, uh, the course of stock began trading yesterday, and it, it finished up. It got up to $0.08. Cents. That's Australian cents. Uh, however, in order to, to resume trading, they had to file a plan, Magnus Energy did, with the Australian regulators, and it seems the plan is just to issue more paper, uh, more shares. Uh, but Magnus itself, a company that Charles Schumer wants to plow $750 million into IM3, Magnus Energy is down to $1.8 million or so in cash. So that's very troubling. And, you know, I, I, I spotted one, and here's just the interesting tidbit. You know, we hear from these New York politicians, we've got to have, uh, you know, economic growth and all these jobs. And I, I think that's the fallacy. <clears throat> they, they, they portrayed a, essentially a research project, <clears throat> a grant fund funded driven business model into some sort of uh, production factory uh, business that's going to hire a lot of people off the street. And that hasn't happened yet. But one of the interesting things is, is that you would think that IM3, the company, would be domiciled in New York. If we're, but it's not. It's domiciled in Delaware. So, and I know most companies. I was going to say most companies yeah, incorporate yeah, in Delaware for for some pretty good business reasons. Yeah, but you know some of those companies. Uh, you know, are in other places, but the, 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 it seems odd to me that you're willing to fund, you know, $750, $800 million to a company, brag about it, how it's an, a New York business, but yet you collect no, no no corporate registration fees or anything because or because the company's located in Delaware. I mean, it's, it's, it's just very strange for me. Uh, you know, I know a lot of... Somewhat strange, but out, out of everything, out of all the potential concerns... That may be among the least um, concerning. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting. Yeah, it would be nice if if the company, if the company that's going to uh, represent, say, the the new hope for the twenty first century for the Valley of Opportunity, it would be nice if it was incorporated in New York State. But in the end, if it ultimately brings ten or twenty thousand jobs to Endicott and the surrounding communities, it's okay if they filed their incorporation papers in Wilmington. 
Well, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you know, but, again, you know, for appearances would have been, could have been nice, but I'm sure that there are tax and other advantages to um, incorporating in Delaware. So, you know, I don't, well, I certainly, I certainly am not especially alarmed by that, but I would like to hear uh, more specifics from our leaders, including Charles Schumer. I know Charles Schumer certainly has his hands full right now with other things going on in the world and across the nation. But since Charles Schumer seems to be one of the uh, most um, enthusiastic cheerleaders for this enterprise, I, I think it would be appropriate for him to come on the program here. Oh, I don't know. In the next... What? In the next uh, week or so, either well, call in or come into the studio, answer a few of my questions, and then answer questions from some listeners. Well, imagine if these guys that are connected with IM3 went on the television show Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Come on, man. I, I was following you up to a point. Now you're getting, you're, you're going over the line, John. Imagine. Yeah. It's, you know, the people who... Look, I, I have my own thoughts about that program, so don't get me started. But uh, I'll well, just say even the producers of the Shark Tank have standards. Well, they bring bring this, uh, you know, this this uh, stainless steel or whatever is covering this thing in, and and they would talk about lithium-ion batteries. And, uh, you know, now if, if they held up under that, I'd be willing to, to, to support $750 million. Hey, you know, you know me. I'm I'm the biggest proponent of economic development in Endicott, Johnson City, Binghamton, even Vestal. I want to see more economic well, development. I I ought to be the economic development czar of Broome County. That's how strongly I feel about economic development around here. But I also have to admit, um, after following economic development stories over the last several decades, we've We've oftentimes been misled. Well, well, you know, it's not just who we're trying to get to come in here. It's who we're driving out, Bob. <laughs> a few true. years ago, Good point. A, a few years ago, I remarked that both hospitals going into the pharmacy business on oh, a nonprofit, yeah. nonprofit basis yeah. would, would send these major change, which was a, a bright spot uh, for a lot of blighted areas out of business and and it looks like another drugstore mm-hmm. in Johnson City. We'll is, see. I yeah. I did I've been having high level discussions with them over the last two weeks and so far so, so far. Well I mean we'll see what happens, but let's let's always hope for the best. You know what it's gonna get to the point though, where some of these chains that over the last three or four years have been busy closing down their uh, pharmacies in specific locations of Broome County, where they finally are going to start using the shoplifting thing as, a, as an excuse. I remember the last time CVS shut down a store, and their employees had no reason to lie, but employees at, at the CVS stores that have been shut down over the last few years in Broome County have told me, unprompted, that a big factor, not the only factor, but a big factor in, in the closures was shoplifting. And then you, when I ran that story, then the head of, I mean, really the head of all communications for CVS in Woonsocket 
gets in touch with me and she insists that it had nothing to do. You know, that's pretty that's a pretty serious thing when you get the, you know, up to that point getting through to I mean and it's understandable. The head of communications for CVS, they must have they must have hundreds of stores still open across the country, so she's busy, but you know, when that story was published that asserted, only based on employee comments, that shoplifting was a key reason for the CVS drugstore company, your neighborhood drugstore. Remember when they used to be your neighborhood drugstore, John? Yeah. And now they're they're moving out of every neighborhood. Not every neighborhood. That's an exaggeration. Well, just neighborhoods. No, I had just the neighborhoods here. that need them most. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. All right, stay tuned. Appreciate the observations. It's 921. This is Bob Joseph Live. The number to call if you have information or thoughts, 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Tuesday morning, this is Bob Joseph coming up momentarily back to the red hot phones as we wrap up October. First, though, preview of an informational segment we'll hear tomorrow live here on WNBF. This following segment sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Karen Sweet O'Neill, good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Happy Halloween. Uh, same to you. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to dress up? Or are you dressed up? I'm dressed up as a reporter. I already scared a couple of guys <laughs> with a, a few questions. They're like, oh, I don't I don't know if I can talk about that. And I said, of course <laughs> you can talk about it. Who said you can't? And the guy yeah. looked at, he paused for five seconds, and he looked at me thoughtfully, and he said, you know, nobody actually said I can't talk about it. What do you want to know? See, that's what you do. You, you dazzle people with logic. At first, at first they don't really want to answer questions and then you say well think about this has anybody ever told you not to talk about this and then it occurs to them no actually nobody has said that so ask away so that's how that's how the reporting job sometimes works it's worked very well already at two spots here in broom county this morning i'm i'm two for two you're tickled it's like two for tuesday everything is off to a delightful start Excellent. So what's coming up? Yeah, so what's coming up on tomorrow's broadcast? <clears throat> well, we're going to talk about figures, numbers, um, and how they can affect your budget and how you can be prepared going into 2024 with increases and hopefully some increases in your Social Security, of course, your paychecks, that kind of thing, but also increases in insurance rates unfortunately, and how you can just, as I said, be prepared so you know come January, probably 2nd, because January 1, a lot of things are closed, um, how much you're going to be paying for your products, your health care, and what are the pluses, what are the minuses. And just like you said, you know, earlier when you were talking to John about these, uh, you know, these pharmacies in in these rural areas that are now out and we're seeing pharmacy closures um, across the country and how does that affect you if you are a Medicare 
beneficiary. It does affect you. It affects the programs. It affects the products that are offered in the pharmacies um, as far as your prescription drug coverage. And we'll talk a little bit about that because if you're in a prescription drug plan and it's preferred this year, so you get your lowest copays for prescriptions, Bob, don't count on that next year. Hopefully it'll be the same, but nothing stays the same, as my dad says. And uh, that's just the way it is. So we'll talk about all those things tomorrow. We are taking open enrollment appointments, annual open enrollment appointments for people on Medicare. October 15th to December 7th is the time period when they need to choose their products going into January 1st, um, 2024. Do they want to stay with what they have? Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be better? Or do they need to move out of that product into another one? We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above and behind Plato's Closet. Dial Encore. You can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply give us a call at 607 772-4898. You can also Google us at KSO Insurance. All of our contact information comes up, including our website, and you can make an appointment that way or simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Karen Sweet O'Neill, we will talk about all of this tomorrow morning right here on WNBF. Very good. Have a great day. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. It's 927. To the phones, John, oh no, it's James. James and Endwell, you're on the air. Hey, Bob. Yeah, the uh, IM3 uh, battery company there, I think it's a really a patriotic endeavor because it's going to help to stabilize their energy grid. I was reading an article, they were saying they were, in the future they hope to have uh, batteries in every home, so there's huge potential for sales there. Here in, um, where is it, uh, Vermont, the utility is actually starting to put batteries in the homes of their customers because apparently they did, they ran the numbers and decided it'd be better instead of spending untold gobs of cash to try to upgrade their uh, grid and make it more resilient and less likely to have power interruptions, they decided, oh, it's better to spend thousands of dollars to um, put these storage batteries in people's homes. And that way, uh, not if the power goes out, but when the power goes out, because the power will always go out at some point. Then when the power goes out, your uh, battery will kick in. Don't you think that's a clever idea? I think I think that'd be great. They could sell a lot more batteries, say, if NYSEG would do that for all of its customers. Can you imagine how many batteries they could make in Endicott and then sell over to NYSEG so we have, like, backup batteries in our homes and we'll never lose power again, ever? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we're too dependent on China and other countries, and uh, and they're fighting. You know, there's some talk about concerns about the lithium shortage but recent discoveries have found them at the bottom of the ocean. They take huge vacuums and they can lift it up. Oh, yeah. And there are new lithium production sites uh, that are being developed now. Even even here in the United States, I believe, there's a, a major lithium development uh, operation that's moving yeah. forward. So don't kid yourself. Before you know it, 
we'll be energy independent again. I mean, I, I think this uh, IM3, Imperium 3, is going to be the new IBM, you know, potential for 8,000 jobs. And I think that's just start. And they got that. Uh, have you heard if they're going to tear down the old IBM buildings to make way for it yet? Oh, the ones uh, east of McKinley Avenue? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I mean, they're going to tear down the buildings. Will, will they automatically, will that space between McKinley Avenue and Hayes Avenue be needed by the battery giga? people the giga batteries um not immediately but yeah if their plan if their plan advances the way they're talking about it they'll probably need that space they might even need space in investal they might have to well, uh take out um what's that building over at the four corners they could build a a, a an auxiliary battery plant over at four corners that's how much manufacturing capacity they may need well, it is important to buy, build a new building. It's going to be more energy efficient, and they'll conduct what they call straight-line manufacturing. So, like in the old days, IBM would build the, you know, start building their computer boards in one room. They'd have to transport it. It's very inefficient. So, if they do a straight-line manufacturing, you'll get the beginning and the end on more or less a straight line. It's a lot more efficient and be more competitive. So, I'm hoping uh, this goes through. Um, I did work at the company for a little while, but I had to quit because my better half had some uh, health problems. And they're very efficient, very nice folks, very intelligent engineers. Boy, you walk by this one room, they'll be doing these calculations. It looks like something uh, Einstein would do. But, uh, yeah, they're hiring a lot of minorities. And, uh, they, uh, matter of fact, they said they want to hire me back. So um, go down keep, the road here. Yeah, keep your options open. Who knows but, uh, if it... If it gets going the way they say it'll get going, who knows? Maybe maybe somewhere down the road I'll become the official spokesperson. But it's a very clean operation. Yeah, very I mean, won't they, if, if they become as big as they expect to become, don't you think they'll need an official spokesperson who can help put out announcements and do interviews with the media? I would, I would consider that. And I, I'm not sure. saying, like, in the next couple of years, but say five or ten years down the road why not yeah reach out to them see if you can get some more interviews and uh but uh yeah i'm, I'm very pro i am three hoping they they grow fast and get their federal loans and whatnot so well I'm, I'm very thankful for charles schumer and kirsten gillibrand and kathy hochel andrew cuomo uh the people in the town of union the village of endicott broom county people who are supporting and the, the current- endeavor their current facility, I think I heard they've got $100 million invested in if they build a new plant, they're going to use that as a research facility. So you develop new uh, state-of-the-art batteries yeah. in the future. The batteries? Even better than what, uh, better what they've developed right. so far. The batteries of tomorrow will emerge in Endicott. All right. We'll uh, see what happens. So All right. Stay tuned. our politicians get on board and... Uh, but, yeah, I'm telling you right now, they are an efficient, well-managed facility, so I'm hoping the best for them. Well, thanks for the call. It's 9.33 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Richard from Kong Kong from Weagle. Hey, Bob, how you doing? I don't want to take too much of your time. Listen, I, there's no reporters anymore this time, and I can't get to the bottom of the situation down in Weagle. Listen, the... The Department of 
public works supervisor got a, a work order. Why don't you uh, send me an email? Send me an email with all the relevant details plus your phone number. And just send it to bob at wnbf.com. He's on vacation with a... Please send the uh, information to me in an email, bob at wnbf.com. Include all the relevant details and also include your phone number where I can reach you this afternoon. Oh, I can do that, sure. Okay. Yeah, if you have news tips, that's that's how you get the news tips to me, bob at wnbf.com. The uh, radio program, this is not a news tip service, this is a talk show. Your news tip service, America's news tip email address is bob at wnbf.com. So, of course, if you have a news tip, email it there. With all the relevant information and your contact number where you can be reached so we can follow up on your news tip. Meanwhile, the number for the talk show is 607-772-1290. We're on the air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. News Radio 939 That's the hotline to the studio. We encourage you to use it if you'd like to talk on the radio. Vic from Herkimer, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Yeah, I, wanted to talk, I wanted to talk a little bit about these battery factories you're putting up. Just like Philandra, who, who got $500 million in taxpayer subsidies, uh, never sold anything and went out of business. And that's what these battery factories are. They're the brainchild of someone smart enough to realize that the green energy movement is hot in New York State. So they're going to get all these uh, government subsidies, and then they're going to go out of business. There's not enough lithium and ion in, in the world to go all electric. Well, in the long run, there will be other types of batteries, too. Lithium-ion batteries are just the first wave of a bright energy future. I don't think the future is so bright, especially for the middle class and poor, because uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, Bob, but uh, NYSEG, 33% increase in your electric bill this year. Uh, last year, I think it was 30%. The year before, it was uh, 22%. So over the next few years, because we're switching to all electric and not having any competitors, the electric bills are going to go sky high. And the electric companies are saying the reason they're going sky high is because they no longer sell the product. They have to buy the product from these government-subsidized wind farms and uh, uh, solar farms. So in the long run, Bob, green energy is a killing energy. It's going to kill jobs. It's going to kill people. 
it's going to kill the environment because solar panels, when you take them down, have to be treated like hazardous waste because of all the hazard chemicals that are in them. Wind farms, each windmill takes over 200 tons of coal um, to, just to uh, smelt the steel. We've had this conversation before. Uh, it takes natural gas plastic to make the uh, um, blades for these windmills. And in the life of a windmill, it never pays for the cost of fossil fuel energy as it did to create the windmill itself. So uh, all this feel-good, happy energy that people are dying for or, or, or not dying for but advocating for is nothing more than a tax subsidy scam. Uh, well, just like I the oil industry has been subsidized. Every industry... Every major industry in the United States seems to get subsidies, whether it's oil companies or agriculture. The only industry that doesn't seem to be getting subsidies right now, the journalism industry. Where are the subsidies for journalists? I know you got to blame Apple and uh, all those other websites. But, uh, They're not into journalism. They're into t they're into appropriating or aggregating content produced by others. Yeah, they're they're marketers. They steal, well, steal might be the wrong word. They appropriate the the uh, work by fine content providers, and then yes, add add their own fee. But again, getting back to the point I was making, I'm I'm at a loss to think of any major industry including the lucrative uh, aviation and, and space industry. Look at how much uh, Elon Musk and his X-Space company, X-Space, whatever, it's no wonder he's got fixated on the X. He's getting so much money from the government. So all these people who are in charge of, of big companies, tech companies, energy companies, and so on, agriculture, they're all getting subsidized by you, the American taxpayer, Vic, that's so true, Bob. Well, then why why would why would the battery industry be an exception? Why should people who are developing lithium-ion batteries not be subsidized? Every other industry, except for journalism, is being subsidized. Green energy is subsidized a thousand more times. Oh, I don't know that that's true. Oh, you can no, send me send me the statistics. Send me the statistics right, that that proves the clean energy industry is being subsidized a thousand more times than the space industry or the agriculture industry or the other traditional energy industry. Send me the the numbers to prove that. I have I have the link. I don't know. No, don't send me a link, please. I implore you, I implore everyone, don't send me links. If you send me a link, your email is routinely deleted. I have people who still don't get it. I've, I've been saying this probably for well over a decade. Don't send me links. Send me information. If you send a link, your email will be summarily dismissed. I will drop off because I'll have... No, don't drop it off. Do not drop stuff off. I'm not taking stuff. Never drop stuff off here at the station. If you have stuff for me, send it to Bob at WNBF.com. Never, ever drop anything off. I will send it, but it's going to be a huge email. Don't. I don't want a huge. Summarize it. Summarize okay. it in, okay. into okay. Un, under 
500 okay. words. And then if I need well, more, if I, I need more, I'll send you an email saying, okay, that 500-word summary really piqued my interest. Now, uh, sock it to me, baby. I will send you one chart. But I'll, I don't I'll want a chart. Picture. Don't send me a chart. Send me... So basically, you don't want nothing. But you just no, send, send me a 500-word explanation. No charts, no graphs. Don't drop stuff off. Don't send me a link. This is, this is the form that it should be in. A 500-word summary explaining why you think the green energy industry is being subsidized a thousand times more than other U.S. industries. That should oh, be easy enough. I hope your listeners back me up on that. No, I don't want... The listeners I, don't have to. You, I, you I, are the man. Well, I'm in Herkimer in the hospital. I'm here for that kind of reason. So I'm not at my computer. I okay, well, at, at right some now. point when you have the I'll opportunity. Yeah. I'll get it to you. All right. You know well, me. I'm, I'm an open-minded American. You are? Bob? You're open-minded when it comes to Trump? Yes. I I don't know, Bob. Uh, we'll have to talk sometime. I'll, I'll buy you a drink. At well, ask me a question about, ask, you brought him up. I was trying to avoid the elephant in the room, but you brought him up. So ask me one specific question. I'll give you a direct answer. Do you think he did a lot for America? No. <laughs> okay, Bob, we'll, we'll talk. Well, at least, hey, did he do a lot for America? In my opinion, no. Did he do more for himself than he did for America? In my opinion, yes. That's my opinion. I didn't say it's right. It's one person's opinion. Do I think he has the ability to do something great for America? Well, everyone has the ability to do something great for America. Everyone, even non-Americans, could do it. So I'm open-minded. I'm waiting. I'm waiting with anticipation. There's one thing, and I'm not going to... He'll have to figure this out for himself, but I think he's bright enough to know what I'm thinking of. If he wants to do something great for America, there's one thing he could do by noon today, and then I would announce that he has done something great for America. And I'm not going to be specific. If he's listening, he knows what I mean. And if he does it over the next two hours, I will acknowledge that he has done something great for the USA today. In the meantime, though, I'm not holding my breath. I am looking for new um, contributors. If you haven't contributed to the program before, you can certainly call us at 607-772-1290. The name of the program is Binghamton Now. The name of the host is Bob Joseph. And the station call letters are WNBF, City of License, Binghamton, New York. Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. It's 9:51 WNBF, serving a grateful nation. Old 
Let's head west to the Mountain Time Zone, where it's 7.52 a.m. Great state of Colorado. Phil in Denver, you're on the air. Oh, good morning. It's a beautiful morning, not a cloud in the sky. It's probably about so thirty or so degrees out here. How much snow did you get? Did you get did you get hammered Uh, with heavy wet snow? Well, it's funny because it snowed probably six inches or so and you can hardly see any of it now. It like evaporated. It's re- it's really weird. The snow out here is different than in Binghamton because it didn't get above freezing, and yet the snow disappeared. Did you ever hear of Kyle Clark out out there in Denver? Um, no. Yeah, Kyle Clark. Yeah. He works down on the News Channel. They have a ch- a channel in uh, Denver called uh, Nine Nine News. So if you ever see Nine News, he has one of the most interesting news programs on TV. And he, uh, the deal about Kyle Clark, he's been a very successful anchor in Denver now for several years, but he, um, he actually worked here in Binghamton for a while at Action News in Binghamton. So anyway, tune in to Nine News tonight at six and watch Kyle Clark. They even have the program. It's called Next with Kyle Clark. Check it out. You'll love it. Uh, I don't have a TV anymore. I, I kind of got rid of it, but I do have the internet, so I'll check that out. Yeah, you can see it on the internet. Go to uh, the Nine News website. There, uh, well, it, you could look it up, and you'll be able to watch it on your computer tonight at six. Kyle Clark next with Kyle Clark on Nine News in Denver. I'll do that. Thank you. So, Phil, what's uh, what prompted you to call a program in Binghamton this morning? Well, I don't know. Um, there's actually a lot of things I want to talk about, but I guess I'm going to go with the reticketing center in New York City, where their uh, Mayor Adams is giving uh, the illegals tickets to anywhere in the world. I'm just wondering how many illegals are going back to the country that they left. That's that's kind why, of what I'm wondering. Why would they go back if they left a country? Why would you go back? Oh, because it's not as bad as they, they just want the American taxpayer to support them. A lot of them. Not all of them. No, some of them but, actually want to work. Some of them want to work here in Binghamton and do jobs that, that are unfilled. So, you know, I, well, I don't doubt, you know, there are some people on Binghamton's west side I see hanging out weekday afternoons. It's pretty clear to me they don't want to work so are there some migrants who came to this country who don't want to work that's true are there some i know some reporters uh around who don't seem to want to work very hard so most of us want to work hard you know that's don't don't judge a group of people by the actions of a select few Uh, that's just kind of funny but um i don't know you're you're in binghamton i've been traveling around the country and like right now I'm uh, in Colorado, and well, in the, right not in Denver. I'm right outside of Denver in a little little town. Where and, Littleton? Uh, Where? No, no. Okay, actually, Centennial. Centennial. Okay. All Centennial. right. Centennial. All right. All right. And, um, and we're running desperately short on time, so make one okay. one more quick statement because we're going to have to take All a right. break. Well, I work asset protection at a at a store, and these people that come through, they don't speak English. They have thousands of dollars on their food stamp card, a pocket full of cash, 
and driving a $70,000 truck in their shop lifting 12 packs of soda. Well, yeah, you get thirsty in a mile-high city. I think it's because of the altitude. Phil, thanks for checking in. Hope you'll call back soon. That's the story from Denver, making contemporary news. It's 9.56. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, partly sunny with a high near 45. Tonight, a chance of rain and snow showers, low around 30. On Wednesday, mostly cloudy, chance of snow and rain showers with a high near 43. Authorities at Binghamton University say the body of a student was discovered outside the 15-story library tower on the Vestal campus on Monday. In a statement, University President Harvey Stanger said police and the Harpers Ferry Student Ambulance Service were sent to the building early Monday morning. According to the statement, a student was discovered deceased. The area on the north side of the library tower was sealed off with temporary fencing and plastic sheeting was used to conceal the scene where the body had been found. Stanger said the police investigation showed no criminal activity. He said the student's family had been notified. A statement was posted to the university website shortly before 9 a.m. indicating police were investigating an incident that occurred outside the Bartle Library Tower. Less than 30 minutes later, an update advised that classes had been canceled for Monday. In his message about the student's death, Stenger wrote, Our deepest condolences go to the family and friends of the student. We are overwhelmed by the tragic nature of their passing. Stenger encouraged everyone to support each other, look out for each other, and share concerns with campus professionals as appropriate. On Monday afternoon, Broome County Sheriff's Office patrols responded to a motor vehicle accident that claimed the life of a teenager in the town of Colesville. The accident occurred on Welton Street between Still Road and Old Welton Street in the town of Colesville. A preliminary investigation found that a pickup truck containing three teenage individuals left the roadway and collided with a tree. The two passengers were treated at UHS Binghamton General Hospital with minor injuries, but the driver of the vehicle was pronounced dead at the scene. This is an ongoing investigation. More details will be released as the investigation concludes. 
On October 26th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 10 Holland Street, Apartment 1, located in the city of Binghamton, assisting the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 9mm caliber brand handgun, one high-capacity magazine, 9mm ammunition, approximately 6.2 ounces of meth, 1.5 ounces of cocaine, 1.6 ounces of fentanyl, $906 of suspects' drug proceeds, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Joshua Melton and Stephanie Nelson were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on charges of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, criminal possession of a firearm, criminal possession of a controlled substance second degree, criminal possession of a controlled substance third degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and endangering the welfare of a child. Millions more dollars are flowing into Pennsylvania's race for a state Supreme Court seat as labor unions, trial lawyers, and billionaires spend heavily. The latest reports due Friday show that spending zipped past $17 million as Democrat Dan McCaffrey, Republican Carolyn Carluccio, and their allies claw, claw for an advantage. The election is November 7. More than half, at least 12 million, came after September 18. Well, more than $5 million is from groups that are conduits for cash from two billionaires who are major GOP donors. Labor unions and trial lawyers support McCaffrey. The court currently has a 4-2 Democratic majority and one open seat. A little-known New York City jail believed to be the last operating prison ship in the country is set to shutter this week. The barge first arrived in the South Bronx in 1992 and was one of several floating jails used by the city at the time. But while it was meant to be a temporary solution, the jail has remained operational, even as detainees and their advocates have repeatedly condemned its dank, cramped conditions and extreme isolation. Most of the roughly 500 people incarcerated in the jail earlier this month will be moved to Rikers Island, the city's main jail complex. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. It's Tuesday morning. Live talk on WNBF. In living color. 
hit those phones hard this hour, shall we? Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Bustle. So you say. Oh, yeah, it is. It's not time for Mendwell. Um, hey, matter of fact, we haven't heard him in a while, have we? Where is he? Where, where is our side? Where is? Matter of fact, that's what I'm calling calling about, Bob. You know, <laughs> I, I was listening to you talking to, uh, I think it was Vic. Um, Bob, you, you portray yourself as anti-Trump, whether you believe it or not, whether you do it on purpose or not. No, I'm not anti-Trump. I'm not anti-anybody. I'm pro-humanity. I'm pro-truth. I'm pro-America. I'm pro the honesty is the best policy. That is that is what I stand for. And for those who don't believe the honesty is the best policy, that's where I have a problem. So if if you're going to you know start casting these uh, aspersions that somehow I'm anti someone, no. All I want is him and everyone else to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Bob, if if you believe in honesty, then practice it because you know Trump did some good things for the country, and you came right out and said it's your opinion. He did nothing good for the country. That's well. Let me, me clarify. I, I I'm trying to remember the exact question, but I if if I left the impression he did nothing good for the country. No, that's not. That's not. I the question seemed to be. Do you think he did good things for the country? And I think because it was a simple question, ultimately, I think I said no. And I, I uh, qualified it by saying I think he did more for himself than he did for, for the country. But, yes, you, you do have a point. If, uh, if I left anybody with the impression that uh, the former guy uh, did nothing good for the country, uh, that, that was incorrect. And I, I'm very pleased to clarify he did some good things for the country yes he did bob and yes and the the main thing that i want is for him not to be in a position where he can be back as the most powerful person in the world and then keep lying because that's problematic what the world needs is a proud leader who will give us the truth always always and I don't see, just based on his, his behavior since he left office, I don't see that he's, at, at the moment, in the position to tell the truth. If he ultimately became the leader of the free world once again. Bob, you know, because I listen to you a lot, and I pay attention, and you're always defending Biden, uh, even AOC, even Kami. All the Democrats you defend. I'm not them. defending any commie. Which commie did I defend? A commie Harris, you She's not a commie. Her name is Kamala Harris, and she is not a commie. She's the vice president of the United States. I, I know she, but. By the way, I will say here and now, in my personal opinion, there are. Many people who are better qualified to be vice president at this time. That's n not taking away anything, 
at all from Kamala Harris. I'm just saying at this particular juncture, at this critical stage in the history of the United States, I think Andrew Cuomo would actually be a better vice president. And that's saying a lot. That would never happen. By I didn't say whether it would happen. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. This is yes or no. This is not an essay question. This is simply yes or no. Dave from Vestal, in your personal opinion, yes or no, at this point in time, would Andrew Cuomo be a v better vice president than Kamala Harris? Yes. Thank you. Just See, we, we agree. We agree on that. I know. <laughs> we, we, we could offer all sorts of qualifications. Hey, I'm not president of his fan club. But having said that, and again, this is me being desperately honest with the listening audience across North America and perhaps around the world. I believe Andrew Cuomo, for all his faults, would be a much better vice president of the United States at this time than Kamala Harris. Uh, you or I would be even, Bob. So that's not saying much. Well, you know, you know again, this is not an essay question. This is this is in all seriousness because you or I aren't under consideration. But but you have to admit, you have to admit, Dave from Vestal, that people working on Team, do they call it Team Joe or Team Biden? I guess they call it Team Joe. People who are working for Team Joe right now are trying to figure out a way to get a different vice presidential candidate in place in time for the Democratic primaries. So they have to be having some very high-level, delicate discussions. I'm sure they've already had discussions with Kamala Harris to, you know, appoint her to be ambassador to Canada or something. Something, you know, that would be, I think, uh, very rewarding. And she would certainly get, get good treatment from our neighbors to the north. So she could become U.S. ambassador to Canada. And then they will announce somebody who will be uh, Joe Biden's running, bait, uh, running mate for next November. So I think... I think this is going on now, whether they're seriously considering someone like Andrew Cuomo to be his running mate, I doubt it because Andrew Cuomo, for all of his skills and all of his experience in places like Albany and Washington, he still has uh, high, high um, negative marks in, in New York and elsewhere. So, but they can find someone. What about Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> no. Well, no, I'm just throwing, <laughs> look, I'm just throwing names out there. I mean, you know, what about um, a Taylor Swift? Now, if she were the vice presidential candidate, now hear me out. Now, I'm not saying she has any foreign policy experience, but I bet she has actually sold millions and millions of dollars worth of music to dozens of countries. So in that sense, she already is beloved by many of America's friends and probably beloved even by people who live in countries not noted for loving America. So she might actually be a, a thoughtful choice for Team Joe if they're, they're looking for somebody better. I would say, in all fairness, even if she lacks qualifications in terms of government, governing, economics, foreign policy experience, and so on, I would say she's likely, she would bring more votes to the ticket than Kamala Harris would a year from now.
Well, she could sing and have the Democrats dancing right out of the White House. We could do that, Bob. That's the only thing she could do. But, Bob, let me get back to my point here. I'm yeah, would you please? Point. Yeah, please. I'm, trying to make a, I'm trying to make a point. All where right. You come across as liberal, Bob. You're pro. Don't don't um, analyze me. I, I Look, let's not talk about the host. Let's talk about current events. The host isn't going anywhere. So... You know, whether you like the host and embrace the opinions of the host, or maybe you despise the host and disagree with all opinions, the host is not going anywhere. So with that stipulated, let's talk about the issues of the day. What's the biggest issue that needs to be addressed today? I love the host. Oh, what costume you're going to wear this evening? I'm wearing it now. I'm dressed as a journalist. <laughs> really? I'm thumbing through the Owego Penny Saver. They have a story here about Rob, a, about are, are a cat. Really, are you are you really pro country invasion? Are you really? Don't ask me. What's your opinion? Don't ask for my opinion. One thing we know about my opinion is you don't agree with my opinion. So don't ask. But you tell me you your agree? opinion. Everybody hears my opinion three hours every day. Well, not three full hours. People are tired of my opinion. They want to know your opinion. Oh, they I, have they have I, two pages two pages of uh, pictures with horses in the Owego Penny Saver. <laughs> I'm, I'll be looking at the the pictures. Here's one. Uh, uh, a candy corn has gained a reputation as one of the least favorite candies, but that was not the case here. Says all the horses love candy corn. What is your favorite candy, bro? Well, it's not candy corn. And there, I know. Yeah. Now that'll make you upset because oh, that means you're a liberal. <laughs> no, it means I I never like candy corn. In fact, speaking of that, this is I saw this in the New York Liberal Times this morning. They did a, an expose. Here it is. And this is totally, again, I had just been looking at the horse pictures in the Owego Penny Saver and the one that said all the horses love candy corn. And it just so happens on the front page, this shows you where American journalism is today, Dave. The big yeah. story on the front business page of the New York Times is an expose on candy corn. They have a giant picture of candy corns, some that are purple, some are green, some are look like they belong at Mar-a-Lago. So it says the candy that grew from kernel to icon. So they do a New York Times business section does a big expose about candy corn. It says it has no shortage of haters, but there's no stopping the sugary tricolor confectionery juggernaut first created in the 19th century. So there's a glimpse, folks, of the type of journalism. That's called the Journalism of Hope for the New York Times, an expose about how candy corn started as a kernel and became an icon. <laughs> Bob, before I go, can I ask you one, one question no, here? No, don't uh, ask me. No, I don't want to give want my to opinion. I want to hear yours. I'm here, I'm here to hear your opinion, Dave okay. and Vestal. All right. All right, here, all right, here's my opinion then, Bob. Hold on, I'm um, going back to the Owego Penny Saver. I want to take a look at some of the other horses. Okay, what's your opinion? <laughs> State, states are now beginning 
to try to use the 14th Amendment to keep Trump off the ballot. That was stated on your newscast, too. There, I was listening to the news there. Um, my opinion, that's going nowhere, Bob. I was going to ask your opinion, but you already stated that you wouldn't give it, so now you can't change your mind. Now, that's not going to go anywhere, Bob. Anywhere at all. And if it does, if it ends it, every time, it, even if it ends up in the Supreme Court, even liberal trader Chief Justice Roberts will vote against that. So that's never going to happen. Not in one state. Not one. There's my opinion. All right. You know, they have 24 pictures of horses here in the Owego <laughs> Penny Saver. If you get a chance, go down to your favorite newsstand. It's on pages 24 and 25. They have managed, against all odds, to squeeze two dozen pictures of horses. Well, few are not horses. A couple. One is a skeleton of someone, which is kind of spooky. They have Fury, Flicka, Mr. Ed, a Trigger. Oh, oh yeah, and here's one, here's one called Alpo. You don't remember Trigger, do you? No. You don't? No. Roy Rogers wrote him. So? Well, you you should remember, Bob. I know you're as old, well, not quite as old as me, but my mom almost. wouldn't my mom wouldn't let me watch the show. It was too advanced for my age. <laughs> okay. It was back in the time. Rin Tin Tin was big then, Bob. I know you watched that. No, I Captain didn't. I, wa I watched Lassie. I watched the Lassie. I watched Captain uh -huh. Kangaroo. Uh, Bunny uh -huh. Rabbit. I identified everybody. Oh, yeah. This is how you can tell a lot about a person's uh, overall worldview. Of a, who, which character did you identify most with on Captain Kangaroo? Mr. Moose. I loved him. All right. I knew you were going to say Mr. Moose. For me, it was Bunny Rabbit. <laughs> how did you know I was going to say Mr. Moose? I just did. I just did. <laughs> Reminds me okay. of that... Uh, woman up in Maine. She was driving around and she was she was scared because she said a moose was going to attack her car, so she called somebody and said, well, what if a moose attacks my car? And the guy says, well, don't worry about it. And then she says something about, well, what if the moose takes my phone? And then the phone goes dead. <laughs> and don't forget Dancing Bear, Bob. Who could? Everyone, everyone forgets him. I try not to. And, um, Oh, Grandfather Clock. Thank you. I think we've accomplished a lot today. It's 1026. This is Bob Joseph. What's your opinion? You've heard my opinion enough. You know that I support what's good for America. What do you think? Do you want what's good for America? Or you do, do you want something else? Hey, let me know. 607-772-1290. Express thyself. Binghamton now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. First news Twist.
Kristen. Yeah. 1030 WNBF, Binghamton, New York, USA. Home of the most patriotic talk show host ever. Let's go to Northern California and see what's cooking out that way with Scotty. Good morning. Good morning, Bobby. How you doing? Great. <laughs> Obviously, if you've been listening for the last hour and a half, you can tell I've already gotten into the candy. I, you have. Figure that. I like that, that tune. Just in the night away. And we're all the, all the people are gay. I don't think Ron DeSantis would like that. I was going to say, as soon as, you know, I forgot the lyrics, and then I thought, oh, there there goes Florida. There goes Mississippi. Well, there there, you know, there goes Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you heard, but I was watching the not necessarily the news website, and Ron DeSantis has picked another fight. No, no, don't yeah. no say it ain't so. Yeah, it's so. Ron DeSantis is after the Flintstones, Fred and Barney. Yeah, oh no! Time, time. <laughs> They'll so have, have a. a mm. time. <laughs> well, say that. Don't say. Yeah, gay. it's uh, you know Ron DeSantis. You gotta love him. You gotta love him, but 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 as he would say, but not in that way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Governor DeSantis! No, no, he's. Uh, he, he didn't. No, you're making this up. I'll send you the link, Bob. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. yeah I was gonna say, you of all people know better. It, I I really I enjoy now, people. Bob. It's like, well, I'll send you a link. No. Well, I'll send you like 500 pages of junk. No. Well, I'll drop some stuff off. It's like, no. What? I'll just send me a brief synopsis of your I'll, point. I'll send you via UPS a 30,000 page <laughs> out from the website. Exactly. Hopefully my printer can last that long. Yeah. Well, if it's one of those HP printers where I like the new uh, printers. I, I heard they, they have this new concept where you buy a printer for like 19 bucks and you say wow that's a great deal and then you look at wait the the uh sample ink cartridge that comes with the printer is enough to print four pages and then you need to buy some ink and you look go to go to exclusiveprinterink.com and you see all the ink cartridges are like three thousand bucks it's like oh yeah. yeah yeah it's like my 19 dollar printer is effectively useless it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, printer for free. Then all of a sudden, the ink's going to cost. I mean, where did they get that idea? Dollars. You know, that sounds like something that the uh, the razor blade companies came up with, you know, from, you know, the whatever, uh, Gillette Stadium or something. Uh, well, well, let's sell everybody. Go um, David Letterman. Now, just go David Letterman. <laughs> down to your knees. And, and, you know, Bob, I heard a previous caller, and he asked you if he a former guy, if you can name anything he did good. The only thing he did good, him and his buddy, his sidekick, Lapdog Pence, was the vaccine, and they can't claim credit for it. <laughs> Cause, I, you know, I find that, that I, as ironic. Yeah, that's actually one of the things, because he put it on uh, Operation Speed Like Janine. I think it was uh, Operation 119 to give people yeah. the idea we're going to develop the vaccine the way Janine Pirro drives on, on Route 17 in Tioga <laughs> County. So, you know, they're driving the vaccine at Operation Warp Speed, and yet 
they won't claim credit for it because then as soon as the vaccines became available, they encouraged people not to get vaccinated. <laughs> and I heard another caller, and, I, and I'm just amazed. He's like, oh, yeah, the, because of the vaccine, 3,000% more deaths in New Zealand. Because he's like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't maybe know. I, but people, you know, you know I, what, what I like about this program is because people, people feel this is sort of a safe zone where people feel comfortable saying almost anything, you know, and, you and, know, and I look, I, I mean, there's no law. Here's the yeah. truth about this program. There is no law against calling in and and telling something that, shall we say, is an alternative fact. I mean, Kellyanne Conway <laughs> is welcome. Actually, I would welcome... No, she, she's not welcome in the studio, but she's welcome to call. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway can call in and spew some alternative facts because this is a program that is based on fairness. All are welcome there you here. Go. And I'm sure a lot of people don't you know, agree with my opinions. God bless it, everybody. But by the way, opinion. does do you lose sleep over the fact that that a few listeners to the Binghamton Now program may not agree with you? Do you ever lose sleep? No, no, I never lose sleep over that. <laughs> Many things I've lost sleep over, but not over that. Yeah. But, you know, you, Bob, I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you? Did you? I, you may not want to admit this on the air to your viewers. Some viewers may be irate. Did you get the most recent vaccine? Hello? HIPAA, HIPAA. HIPAA, HIPAA, <laughs> okay, I, mean, I got mine uh, yes. like uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I, can't, I, I, can't, I, I can't talk about that anymore because um, during the first round of vaccines when jabs were, were all the rage and yet also for some people mysteriously controversial, the first time I got my jabs, the initial one, which I believe, oh, I think it was Moderna, and then... Also, whenever it was six months later, uh, the booster. So just to be cute, not to be smart, but to be cute, I posted video of me getting those jabs on Twitter. And most people thought it was good because it, it showed, well, there, there's a thoughtful, intelligent person who's trying to protect the health not only of himself and his family and friends and co-workers, but the general public. So most people embraced the video, but some people, some of our more sensitive viewers were were disappointed to see me getting a jab, not just once or twice. So now, because of HIPAA, I, I can't discuss it. Wow. I, wow. Have to, I have to, because of the federal privacy guidelines, I have to protect my privacy by not talking about it. I don't want to, no. hey, Scotty, you know me. I don't want to get in a jam with the Bureau, no, no. Bureau of HIPAA. You know, you, you and your conservative talk show, Bob. No, anyhow, anyhow Bob. Um, <laughs> Me and Dan Bongino. I, Dan Bongino and I hang out down at the conservative bar uh, <laughs> down, down in New York City Aren't every you weekend. Bunker's place down yeah. in Queens. <laughs> yeah. No, down in the village. There, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but you, but Dan Bongino insists that nobody takes his picture when we're hanging out on weekends down on Bleecker Street. So you know, whatever. Now, whatever. how many people do you know have died from getting the vaccine? Zero. Me, me neither. I'm not a one. I never. Yeah. No. But you well, know, again, I I respect the right of people to think that if they get get a jab, that they're. They're not going to do well. I mean, here is the truth. And I know our listeners can handle the truth. The truth is, everybody 
who gets vaccinated is going to die. But also, everybody who doesn't get vaccinated is going to die. And by the way, everybody, everybody who drinks a glass of lemonade today is going to die. And everybody who drinks a glass of... Yeah, you know, it's like the, the question always is, when exactly will, will the, the, little, the little grains of sand in your hourglass, when will they finally run out? We don't know. That's, don't know. that's half the fun. I mean, that's, that's, that's why for each of us, even if every day isn't, um, isn't perfect, it's still the best reality show. It's better than anything you'll see on CBS. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Life is great, huh? Life is wonderful. Yeah. You know, every day. It's a movie. Ch- Life is beautiful. <laughs> well, let's do that in Italian. What is it? Can you uh, a little Italiano, Bob? We can do a little remake. No. I, I used to know her, though. She worked at Action News. Oh, oh you're talking about somebody else. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of Action News and all that, there's an anchor out here in California, Christian Z, who I guess started out her career back east in Binghamton. Back in maybe the late '80s. Oh, I think I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now she's an anchor out here, you know. And well, as I C- mentioned, CGO. Yeah, I, I mentioned a few. Wait, hold on. Let me see. I'm trying to remember. Try to remember that old anchor from way back. Let's see. So a lot, it, it is true. A lot of uh, journalists who've passed through this area uh, ultimately have gone on to bigger markets. As I mentioned uh, a while back, uh, Kyle Clark, who's uh, got a start here at Action News. Now he's big in Denver. And do you, um, Scotty, in Northern California, do you have access to the Internet? Well, that's where I see not necessarily news about Fred yeah. and Barney. So, yeah. so yeah. sometime when you have a chance, just for kicks, check out this news program. It's one of the most unusual and original local news programs in the country with Kyle Clark on Nine News in Denver. So it's 6 o'clock All Denver right. time. Check it out sometime because he actually has developed a program. Actually, we had him on the program a year or two ago for some reason and um he he has taken local news to a new level because local news yeah yeah it's i i wish i wish puppy dogs and apple pie and so uh, i wish more stations would try to do his concept of local news because He's taken the basic local news format that we see in in markets all across the country. He's trashed that, and he's basically reinvented a a local newscast. Not every day is award-winning, but basically most days are... Are great programs, and it's it's just uh, an interesting concept. Check it out. Nine News, Kyle Clark. I have a friend in uh, Denver, and I visit him every year, and we go to Red Rocks. I don't know if you've ever been there, but... See a show at Red Rocks in Morrison, Colorado, right outside Denver, is on should be on your bucket list. Yeah, I've I've been to Denver uh, a couple of times. Not recently. One of the guys who used to work here went out and got a job at a station in Denver. So when he was working out at the Mile High City, uh, I would 
uh, for a couple summers, went out to visit him. I just, I do love Colorado. It's a beautiful state. Anyway, yeah, thanks for you checking know. in. If you, All right, uh, Bobby, have a, have a good yeah, one. If you, see Governor New- if you see Governor Newsom, say hello. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> thanks. Be sure to tell him hi from you. All right, bye-bye. It's 1042 at WNBF. I forgot to ask Scotty. The gas prices, according to uh, the former guy, gas prices in California are eight fifteen a gallon, which is not true, but you knew that. 607-772-1290. Now, if you want to know the actual gas prices, you have to look it up online. Don't, don't believe something that some presidential candidate tells you about gas prices look it up online and you can find out the actual current gas prices across the country 815 a gallon in california uh actually no <laughs> to be fair the gas prices in california are much much higher than here in new york state and there are reasons for that but it's not 815 a gallon bob joseph Trafficking in the Truth, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. I think it is. Is that? Looks like Stevie Nicks over there. When the lights go down in the California, people are in for the evening. <laughs> just sent me an email. my car and I throw in my guitar. My heartbeat time with the breathing. Driving over camp, singing to my soul. There's people out there finding music in the gold. WNBF 1045, this is Bob Joseph, the voice of reason on AM radio. Let's take a look at uh, what's uh, been lit through by the spam filter. (laughs) Oh, this just in. Dave from Binghamton writes regarding city candidate discussions. Good morning, Bob. Actually... He just says morning, Bob, because because it is morning. Thank you, Dave. Thoughts on doing a discussion-based debate with city council district candidates? I know Hadassah is interested in that or coming on again alone as Election Day is almost upon us. Thank you, Dave from Binghamton. That's a great idea. The only problem is Election Day is coming up one week from today so I hate to say that great idea but don't see any debates happening we can't even get a debate for the most important races around here if you know what I mean I don't need to go, I don't need to go into specifics but it would have been probably a, a nice idea although fairness to people who are listening around the Twin Tiers and around the world. Not sure necessarily that most listeners would be interested in hearing what city council districts had to think. I, 
I don't. I mean, as far as a debate. So, we'll say what we've done, just by way of explanation, is candidates who have approached us and asked, can we come on the show? Those candidates have been allowed to come on the show. But I haven't gone out, generally speaking, seeking candidates to come on the show. Some candidates definitely want to come on, and if they have made an official request... And they know how to get in touch. Let's face it, everybody knows how to get in touch with me. So people who've made an official request to come on the program have come on the program. And those who have opted not to ask haven't generally been on the program. So if your favorite candidate hasn't been on the program, it's probably because your favorite candidate doesn't want to answer a few questions from me. So, Which is, I'm not saying that's the best choice, but... That definitely is a choice. It's 1048. That's right. Election Day is coming up on November 7th, one week from today. And for those who enjoy voting early, you can vote early right now at all authorized election locations. It's Tuesday morning. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Good morning. You're listening to Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Please don't talk about love tonight. Please don't talk about sweet love. Please don't talk about being true. And all the trouble we've been through. Please don't talk about all the plans we had. Official forecast from WNBF, your official forecast station. Partly sunny today, 45, mostly cloudy tonight. A slight chance of snow showers, 30. Cloudy tomorrow with a chance of snow showers in the morning. Rain showers in the afternoon, 43. Sunny Thursday, 48. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 39. That's 4 Celsius. Everybody says, but Bob, what about the air quality? Well... Looks pretty good from here. Of course, I'm stuck in a windowless studio surrounded by thousands of tons of concrete, steel, and glass. But based on my spy cam, it looks okay from here from the WNBF spy cam network. Air quality index is 28. Yesterday it was 9. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> if it was 9 yesterday and the AQI is 28 today, does that mean the air has three times the contaminants that it did 24 hours ago? Mm, suppose that could be true, but maybe they just put a new battery into the monitor for the Binghamton, New York Air Quality Index. I'm Joseph Live. We have another hour coming up for more phone calls as well as more frivolity on your Tuesday from WNBF. News Radio 
the flowers go The girls have picked them, everyone Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will you ever learn? When will you stop listening to WNBF? The answer is probably never. You probably will be listening to WNBF always and forever. Excellent choice. Let's go back to the uh, big sack of email here. Oh, I was waiting to find out. Gas prices. Remember, I mentioned a former guy. A claim to uh, a rally of supporters that gas prices in California were 8.15 a gallon. This was, uh, I think, the day before yesterday. And uh, Scotty out in California said, "I paid 4.65 a gallon yesterday at Costco. Paid with Costco credit card, so got an additional 4% off. So worked out to 4.46 a gallon. Thank you, Scotty." That is the story from Northern California making contemporary news. It's 11 o'clock. Bob Joseph, live on Del- Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, partly sunny with a high near 45. Tonight, a chance of rain and snow showers, low around 30. On Wednesday, mostly cloudy, chance of snow and rain showers with a high near 43. Authorities at Binghamton University say the body of a student was discovered outside the 15-story library tower on the Vestal campus on Monday. In a statement, University President Harvey Stanger said police and the Harpers Ferry Student Ambulance Service were sent to the building early Monday morning. According to the statement... A student was discovered deceased. The area on the north side of the library tower was sealed off with temporary fencing and plastic sheeting was used to conceal the scene where the body had been found. Stenger said the police investigation showed no criminal activity. He said the student's family had been notified. A statement was posted to the university website shortly before 9 a.m. indicating police were investigating an incident that occurred outside the Bartle Library Tower. Less than 30 minutes later, an update advised that classes had been canceled for Monday. In his message about the student's death, Stenger wrote, Our deepest condolences go to the family and friends of the student. We are overwhelmed by the tragic nature of their passing. Stenger encouraged everyone to support each other, look out for each other, and share concerns with campus professionals as appropriate. On Monday afternoon, Broome County Sheriff's Office patrols responded to a motor vehicle accident that claimed the life of a teenager in the town of Colesville. The accident occurred on Welton Street between Still Road and Old Welton Street in the town of Colesville. A preliminary investigation found that a pickup truck containing three teenage individuals left the roadway and collided with a tree. The two passengers were treated at UHS Binghamton General Hospital with minor injuries, but the driver of the vehicle was pronounced dead at the scene. This is an ongoing investigation. More details will be released as the investigation concludes. On October 26th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 10 Holland Street, Apartment 1, located in the city of Binghamton, assisting the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force. 
As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 9mm caliber brand handgun, one high-capacity magazine, 9mm ammunition, approximately 6.2 ounces of meth, 1.5 ounces of cocaine, 1.6 ounces of fentanyl, $906 of suspects' drug proceeds, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Joshua Melton and Stephanie Nelson were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on charges of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, criminal possession of a firearm, criminal possession of a controlled substance second degree, criminal possession of a controlled substance third degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and endangering the welfare of a child. Millions more dollars are flowing into Pennsylvania's race for a state Supreme Court seat as labor unions, trial lawyers, and billionaires spend heavily. The latest reports due Friday show that spending zipped past $17 million as Democrat Dan McCaffrey, Republican Carolyn Carluccio, and their allies claw, claw for an advantage. The election is November 7. More than half, at least 12 million, came after September 18 while more than $5 million is from groups that are conduits for cash from two billionaires who are major GOP donors. Labor unions and trial lawyers support McCaffrey. The court currently has a 4-2 Democratic majority and one open seat. A little-known New York City jail believed to be the last operating prison ship in the country is set to shutter this week. The barge first arrived in the South Bronx in 1992 and was one of several floating jails used by the city at the time. But while it was meant to be a temporary solution, the jail has remained operational, even as detainees and their advocates have repeatedly condemned its dank, cramped conditions and extreme isolation. Most of the roughly 500 people incarcerated in the jail earlier this month will be moved to Rikers Island, the city's main jail complex. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Another hour on tap, 607-772-1290. Who will be the next lucky caller to speak on Binghamton now here on WNBF? We welcome you to our fine program. The program operates from 9 a.m. to noon every weekday. So if you want to join us tomorrow, we'll be on from 9 a.m. to noon. The same on Thursday and the same on Friday. <laughs> you know what you're saying. Really? It's very consistent. Well, let's uh, tap into... 
a live message from New York State Governor Kathy Hochul. Let's see what Governor Hochul is saying. We take you now live. Governor Kathy Hochul speaking on this Tuesday morning on WNBF. Israel's response following the attack on their people, but still be vigorously opposed to terrorism, Hamas, anti-Semitism, and hate in all of its forms. We cannot allow any New Yorker to live in fear. For the day we are willing to accept that is the day that our moral compass has broken and spun out of control. Let me restate in the strongest of words, every single New Yorker has a right to feel safe and to be safe as they go about their daily lives, and we must accept nothing less. As governor, I reaffirm that there is zero tolerance for hate in our state. And that's why I've been listening and talking and taking action. As I've said, I've sat with Jewish and Muslim leaders across the state. I've spoken to the SUNY and CUNY chancellors and representatives of private universities to share our concerns about the consequences of free speech crossing the line into hate speech by both students and professors and to ensure that they're following the laws that I just signed in September to require that hotlines for hate and bias reporting are activated and ensure that complaints are actually followed up upon overall and just do more to protect our students. I mobilized our state police to support local authorities as they increase protection for campuses, synagogues, mosques, and cultural institutions. I traveled to Israel so I could bear witness to the atrocities of October 7th and send a message of support from the United States and to call for the protection of innocent life and support the immediate flow of humanitarian aid to Gaza and to call for the release of hostages, especially those with the New York connection. For their families are suffering first at the shock of the kidnapping and they suffer again at the image of their loved one's photo being ripped down by heartless protesters as though their lives don't matter. This cruelty by New Yorkers against New Yorkers must stop. I'm also making sure that our law enforcement is focused and has the resources to identify and stop criminal behavior and hate crimes. Violators will be identified and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We're also expanding the work of the Social Media Analysis Unit at the New York State Intelligence Center to increase monitoring for school and campus violence threats, as well as credible threats by white supremacists and Nazi organizations. We're providing an additional $3 million to help law enforcement agencies expand the use of our state's red flag law for hate crimes and bias-motivated threats, all to keep guns out of the hands of those who could do harm to others. This is New York Governor Kathy Hochul speaking live. She's addressing what she has described as the rising tide of hate in the state in recent weeks. Earlier this year, I asked Lieutenant Governor Delgado and the state's hate and bias prevention unit to convene people all over New York 
Starting this week, they'll begin hosting a new series of community circles to give New Yorkers a forum to focus and discuss how they've been affected by recent events and help each other cope and heal. And we will take on the anti-Semitism we have seen on college campuses. The problem didn't begin with the weeks following October 7th attacks. It's been growing on a number of campuses and seen most acutely in the City University of New York. At my request, Judge Jonathan Lippman, former Chief Judge of the New York State Court of Appeals, has agreed to conduct an independent third-party review of CUNY's policies and procedures related to anti-Semitism and discrimination. While his assessment will be focused on CUNY, his recommendations will be a roadmap for institutions across the state and the country. My commitment to your safety is unwavering, but we can't do it alone. So today I'm calling all New Yorkers to actions. Stand up for what's right. Look out for your fellow New Yorkers. If you see someone being harassed on the street or in your neighborhood, don't let them be alone. Show your support. We cannot let the fervor and passion of our beliefs devolve into a blind righteousness that cannot see differing viewpoints. And the safety and security of New Yorkers cannot and will not be threatened without consequences. That is my commitment to each and every one of you. So now let us commit to restoring a sense of collective empathy and understanding. For those who give in to hate and violence will not define us. We are New Yorkers and we will continue to set an example for the rest of the country and the world. Thank you. Governor Kathy Hochul speaking live on WNBF from New York City. Addressing a very important issue at the moment here across New York State and across America today. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. Our number is your number. Feel free to call. I'm here till noon. What are your thoughts? What are your concerns? You're listening to Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. to anywhere maybe we make a deal maybe together we can get somewhere any place is better starting from zero got nothing to lose maybe we'll make something me myself i got nothing to prove 1120 wnbf back to the phones Vinny and binghamton you're on the air yes good morning bob um wanted to talk about the the governor's speech um 
um, basically what she's saying is, um, I mean, this is the way I feel. Basically what she's saying is I need all the kids on the college campuses in New York and all over this country. I need you to be the grownups right now. I know this is a very messed up world. Sometimes you think when you get out of elementary school and going to high school and once you graduate, you think that grownups act like grownups. But sometimes that's not that way. You know, these young, these kids, you know, there's so much that they don't know, but there's a lot that they, uh, they, they, they do know. And it comes basically down to this. This has been going on for so long. Bob, I pulled up a statistic. You know, there was a 2009 war. That lasted 23 days over there. 341 kids were killed. In 2012, there was another war. That lasted eight days. 35 kids were killed. In 2014, there was another war. That lasted 50 days over there. 532 children were dead. In 2021, there was another war over there. That lasted 11 days, 66 kids. So far right now, there's been 2,900 kids were killed. So if you had a child that was two years old when this started, they've been through five wars, five. And now you have a leader who says, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going until I get rid of Hamas. And how many lives? Are going to happen, and then it, then this leader wants to turn around and use uh, uh, um, the bombing that Japan did in Hawaii. I, 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 we didn't have this history with Japan before that. We didn't have any history with them. They bombed us. They pulled us into the war. And he mentioned nine eleven. And if I could say anything, and then why don't you? Did you learn anything from nine eleven? When our country was lied to, we were used, we were abused, not only, and our leader at the time has said, my credibility, our credibility was killed. And now look at you. Just going to keep bombing. Keep bombing. Don't, don't, I don't care about, no, I'm going to get Hamas, no matter who I kill. That's what you're telling these kids. That's what you're telling the future. When you're bombing a, a group of people that are, uh, oh, let's see, I think half of the population is under 18. Do you know what evil seeds you're planning for the future? Appreciate your call. That's what I think we need. We need the students to be the grown-ups right now. And some people will say, well, you're expecting too much. I don't think that's expecting too much. I don't think it's expecting too much for students on campuses across New York and across this country to behave like adults and to respect each other and to listen to each other and not to lash out at each other and not to make threats and not to take an already tense situation and make it worse. Work to de-escalate. Strive to understand more. Maybe the reality is we'll never completely understand each other. Shouldn't mean we can't live peacefully with each other, whether it's on a college campus or elsewhere. It's 1124. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? 
Ah, Joan from Bingo. How can the students, they look up to their professors, and the professors are one of the ones who are spouting such hatred for Jews and etc. And, you know, saying great things about uh, being a terrorist and going in and, you know, killing babies and killing people in their beds, whole families, just wiping them out. Or that German lady, I guess, uh, Germany's kind of upset. They cut her head off and dragged her through Gaza naked, I guess, on the, you know, being dragged behind a car or a truck. I mean, how can... How can the students even get any idea of what a sensible uh, uh, life is? I mean, we used to think the Nazis were bad. I mean, they at least were ashamed of what they did and tried to hide it. I mean, you look at the students, you look at uh, leaders, you know, across the world, you look at your professors, they aren't ashamed of it at all. They're pushing it. How can that be? Just it's bringing out in this country well you know we we probably thought was there or might have thought or didn't even think was there, and getting an eyeful of you know what hatred is actually in our own country. We talk about being you know uh not uh um being cruel to homosexuals, not being cruel to transgenders, and here we have a whole race. You know, that uh, as far as they're concerned, they can have those terrible things done to them, and then the people who do it can be praised as uh, uh, great people, as the way as the way that they sh- everything should be done. You know, and this was on CNN this morning. They were talking about Cornell. One of, they said one of the worst places, I think, in the in the United States. No wonder Hochul came on and said uh, is trying to you know tamp it down. Well, I see. There's, uh, CBS this morning had a live report from Ithaca on the Cornell campus. Yeah, I, and, mean, I was uh, surprised. Big story, Vaughn Golden, who no longer works here in Binghamton, but now works for, wait for it, the New York Post. Remember yeah. Vaughn Golden? <laughs> okay. Remember Vaughn yeah. Golden? He, he was on the program. He, uh-huh. he uh, and I moderated the um, debate for the district attorney's Republican primary last June. Anyway, he uh, he's no longer in Binghamton. Now he's working for the New York Post. Listen to his story. This is from the New York Post by Vaughn Golden. Governor Hochul talks tough at Cornell on anti-Semitic threats, condemns prof who hailed Hamas attacks who hasn't been fired. And the lead is Governor Hochul visited Cornell Monday to denounced threats against the Jewish community there and also blasted comments by a professor who supported the Hamas terror attacks. Well, hey, you know, as uh, alumni and uh, et cetera, you know, donors to the Democrat Party, we're talking a lot of money and a lot of Jewish money, you know, going into supporting a lot of different things. And now they're taking a second look at that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, if you want to look at it money terms, all of a sudden, I think a lot of people have gotten a, uh, uh, you know, bucket of cold water in their face as to what's really going on and where their money is going. And so that's another thing that, uh, you know, they have to get out in front of, obviously, because, 
you know, all these institutions have tons of money coming in from alumni. And whether they're Jewish or not Jewish, this is showing a very dark side of these institutions. And that's not going to encourage people to want to support them, that's for sure. See what happens. Hopefully people will start to uh, behave like adults. Start treating everyone with respect. More calls are coming up. We're interested in your thoughts on this Tuesday morning, 607-772-1290. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, always available on the free WNBF app. As you have the radio, it's not all that bad. 1132 WNBF. Take a look on the website WNBF.com for uh, more particulars about the planned return of the Red Oak restaurant on Front Street in Binghamton. It closed just over three years ago. It was October of 2020 when... The Red Oak closed its doors after more than three decades being operated by Julianne and Michael. And that was a tremendous loss to the community. And many people have been talking over the last three years about what might happen with the building at 305 Front Street. Well, now, WNBF.com is reporting that the Red Oak is expected to make a comeback. That is the plan. That is what we've been told. So we spoke with uh, Julianne Ludka, and she says, in fact, the property is not going to be sold. In fact, the plan is for the Red Oak Restaurant to reopen. If you're interested in specifics, we have some information on our website, wnbf.com. Yes, including some fresh pictures of the Red Oak Restaurant building, which it's been idle, as mentioned, for about three years, but it's there. It's there, and at some point should be coming back to life food and beverages and desserts. Love that. The big diner sign. The 
giant diner sign that still is perched uh, high above the Red Oak building. Yeah, I love taking a picture of that. The photo of the diner sign actually turned out quite nicely, I believe. <laughs> of course, I would believe that. Well, you know, in an era without photojournalists, you have to, yeah, <laughs> right now, because of the economics of the news business, we have to do it all. We write the stories, we take the pictures, we record videos, we post them on the website, we put them on the air. That's exactly, and then rinse and repeat. The other thing, by the way, at uh, WNBF.com, and maybe you saw this when it was originally posted, or maybe you missed it, or maybe you just want to take another look. There's um, a video, a walkthrough of the, um, the old Red Oak. I'm just looking at the video now. And this was... Wendy's new breakfast, too. What? <laughs> Who? Oh, I see. They wanted to run a, a commercial... Oh, they're trying to monetize the video. I see. Let me see what they're trying to do there. Hold on. Hmm. Well, anyway, trust me, the video of a walkthrough of the Red Oak restaurant. See, I'm, I'm walking through the diner. Then I take a look through the kitchen. So anyway, go to WNBF.com. If you never saw that video, it's kind of, uh, it's a one minute walk through. I mean, don't worry if you're sensitive. It's nothing nothing that'll scare you. Oh, there I am behind the counter. Walking through. Walking through. There you go. So, check that video out and the story, WNBF.com as the Red Oak returns. That is the plan. And we have the uh, story. By the way, for those who have news tips, and we mentioned this with some frequency. If you have a news tip, send it to bob at wnbf.com. Doesn't have to be long, but basic information, basic facts as you know them, and your phone number. And I assure you, if you wish to be anonymous, just say so. Say, I don't want my name attached to this because I'll get in trouble because they'll fire me if they know which is government workers for, <laughs> no actually it's workers in a lot of businesses too well if they find out that I told you about a news story they're going to fire me because that's how they that's how they feel about their employees putting out the truth about things as opposed to giving their employees credit for providing honest information. You would think in this day and age that government workers and private industry workers and people who work for nonprofits, you would think they would get a raise for wanting the truth always to come out. In fact, and too often, they live in fear. Well, they, they, they heard that I might have talked to a reporter, so they fired me. Don't worry, I'll keep your name out of it. Bob at WNBF.com. Send all news tips and your phone number in case I have a few questions. It's 1138. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? 
Good morning, Bob. DJ in Binghamton. You know, I'm surprised somebody didn't snatch that up for a Chick-fil-A. Right off the highway, all the truckers come in. Huge parking lot uh, on the side in the back. The, um, you know, the Red Oak. Why don't they do, um, if they didn't do Red Oak, why don't they do up there at the spot? Up there on Front Street. Spot restaurant just closed. They they have um, chargers, so everybody who has a Tesla and wants a chicken sandwich on a Sunday could go to the new chip. It wouldn't be Chick-fil-A. It'd be something like a knockoff. $2 chicken sandwiches. They could call it Chip-fil-A. And they'd, oh, and best of all, they'd be open on Sunday. So you, people, people who want a chicken sandwich any day of the week could get it. A $2 chicken sandwich at Chip-fil-A. Day and night. That's a good night idea. And, day. and, and That's right. every time you buy a chip, a chippin', they wouldn't call them chicken sandwiches. They'd call them chippin', but we'd know that it's real chicken. So a Chip-fil-A yeah. sandwich, and you get uh, some chips with it. Two bucks. And you, you can eat your chicken sandwich even on a Sunday while your Tesla is being charged. That's right. And you need a good mascot, too. They'd have a good mascot. Walk around like the Rumble Pony, uh, do, the Rumble Pony little mascots there. In the, uh, you know. Yeah, they need somebody like Chicken Little. <laughs> hey, I wanted to mention something else to you. Did you notice Matt Ryan's ad? I just met Ryan. I run for Groom County's attorney. Well, what you notice about it is that uh, because they did it on the news. On, on when I watched the Roku, I don't remember what news station, but the guy was talking like this, really, and he said that wasn't even me. That's AI. It was AI, and and so Matt Ryan sounds first of all high pitched. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what the point is. I heard the ad. It sounded like Matt Ryan to me. So anyway, elsewhere in the news. Well, I've talked to him many times, and it just... Didn't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard the commercial. Sounded okay to me. So elsewhere in the news... Anything's wrong with it. Huh? I, I say, so elsewhere in the news... No, this is the news. I'm... Oh, okay. Well, it's not news to me. We're not talking about political commercials right now. I mean, you are, but the program isn't. Right. Yeah, I mean the program's not talking about political commercials. We we put the political commercials on as as they're um, ordered for broadcast. But as far as but what what people think about the political commercials, um, I guess I guess they'll discuss that with their um, families and friends. And I looked up Kristen Z. It's spelled S Z E. I do. Yeah, I know she worked in Binghamton. I I actually um, looked that up. <laughs> I'm looking at it now, uh, and I didn't realize this, that um, she was born in Taiwan. Right, and she came over here and uh, uh, had a, a class where she learned English. And she, But I, I went into ministry around that time, and I remember going to my mom's, and my mom watching Action News, and I, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd see her there, and they had Greg Catlin, Oh, my gosh, what a head full of hair he had. Well, well, didn't we all back in the day? That's when, that's back when hair was in style. But uh, just again, looking just briefly at the bio of Kristen Z, who is now working at ABC7 in San Francisco. 
Uh, she notes in her bio, I reported in Binghamton, New York, Fresno, Philadelphia, and New York City before coming home to the Bay Area and ABC 7 News in 1998. And Bob, what about all this buzz that you're hearing? Everybody and their brother and their mother and their grandfather are saying about that shooting that was very, very sad, by the way, that had the dude that came out the, the worker that came out and tried to help with the butcher knife and, and stop the guy with the butcher knife, if he had had a gun and just popped him. Sure. A lot of people in Maine have guns. I have to think, and I, I haven't looked at the news stories that closely, I have to think at the two places in Lewiston where the shootings occurred, at the bowling alley and at the bar, I have to think that more than a few people had guns. Why would you say that? They didn't They didn't pull them out. Yeah, I'm saying it because in the state of Maine, a lot of people have guns. Maine is not a very populous state, but guns are extremely popular in the state of Maine. So that's why, in my opinion, there probably were people at both of those places where the shootings happened who had guns. Now, I don't know because I haven't seen that reported. Maybe, have you seen a report that said... At the bowling alley and the restaurant where the mass shootings occurred, no one had guns. Is is that what the reports are? They have hunting weapons, rifles and shotguns, but if they would have had a concealed weapon, that's what everybody's saying. Yeah, I'm saying, and maybe maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree, I just can't believe that both at the bowling alley and at the bar where the shootings happened, that not a single person had a gun that they could have used to shoot the madman. No, if they had a gun, the guy wouldn't have ran out. All right. Well, okay. So you're saying that they've reported nobody at those places had a gun that they could have used to shoot him. Is that what the, the report is? Nobody at the bowling alley or at the bar in Lewiston Nobody in those places had a gun they could have used to take out the the madman. Right, because he came out with a knife. Yeah, okay. All right, well, that's what we need. Lots more people with lots more guns. That'll... Well, you know what that'll do. It's 1145 at WNBF. Everybody with a gun. And then once everybody has a gun, then everybody should get another gun. Just be safe. 607-772-1290. WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton. A Town Square media station. WNBF Live. Tom, who is driving through Binghamton now on the expressway. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning. I'm the water. It's almost after but, uh, I had some information about that main shooting. Uh, 
I saw on television today or so after it happened. I, I don't know for sure about the, the bar place, but the bowling alley place had a uh, no gun zone, you know, gun free zone sign on, on the front window, so no one was allowed to bring them in because I know for sure in Maine there's definitely a, a lot of hardware that, you know, that's uh, a given. I know a bunch of people from Maine and stuff, and it's definitely popular, but. Yeah, as far as the other place, I don't know for sure, but that's about all I got for you. I just figured I'd toss it in there before the program closed. Okay, appreciate your call. Drive safely. Yes, sir. You have a good rest of the day, Hal. Thank you, Tom. You too. Uh, let's see. Larry and Kirkwood, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Wish everybody could have heard us just having a little fun on, on uh, offline there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the program is actually better what we do off the air, me and the yeah, callers, is actually a lot better than the program I put on the air. It's ironic. Yeah. It's spooky. <laughs> and fun. That's, that's <laughs> There's a lot more fun off the air, isn't it true? More often than not, what what you actually, what you and I can talk about off the air versus what we're allowed to on the air? I tend to be able to be more, more... At ease with you offline, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy both the on-air and off-air aspects of the program. I, I get a charge out of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's talk about the Red Oak. Oh, my goodness. That's such good news that uh, Joanne is uh, probably going to open that place up again. Well, remember, it's her son who will be doing it. Uh, Julianne yeah. And her daughter will keep working down in Conklin at, at the uh, at the Little Oak. Yeah, and uh, and we always loved going there when we had the opportunity. You know. Oh, and the food. Remember oh, the yeah. food. That was good. Let me talk about uh, the shooting in Maine. I mean, I would have to agree with one of your callers who said. I mean, it must have been that nobody. Who was at either place where this guy killed people had a gun on them? Well, I find that hard to believe. I'm I'm somewhat familiar with the state of Maine, and a lot of people I'm told in the state of Maine do carry guns that could have been used in that type of situation. But it must be the as the previous caller said. Apparently, uh, the first place had a sign saying it's a gun-free zone. Uh, I'll say this about signs. Uh, I see signs around here that might say drug-free zones or gun-free zones. They're just signs. Doesn't mean there are no dr drugs or guns. Those are signs. So I, I still, I still can't believe that at either of those places there wasn't a single person who had a gun that could have been used to um, reduce the carnage. I would have to believe somebody would have been would have went after this guy. If Except they were probably scared. Because they, they were taken by surprise. So, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that's human nature. You know, if, if say, if somebody said there is going to be an active shooter coming here tonight at the bowling alley at 648. So, everybody be ready because the active shooter will come in 12 minutes before 7. That means some of the people who are at the bowling alley who had guns would at least be psychologically prepared to deal with the guy who was armed. That's another thing with one of those 
I I don't know if it was an AR-15 style rifle. I don't know. I don't know anything about those things. But if if somebody takes you by surprise at the bowling alley or bar, an active shooter, even if you have a gun, I'm saying in many cases you may not be able to react in time because by the time you get a uh, a sense of what's going on, the guy may have already killed several people. Yeah, it did look like this guy had a pretty high-powered weapon on him when he... Yeah, he did. He yeah. did, and plus, he was very proficient. He was uh, is trained. He was trained. He was trained uh, at taxpayer expense how to kill people. So he was he was very proficient. He knew how to use one of those weapons, and sadly, he killed a lot of people before apparently killing himself. So, not sure what to say. Not sure really what to say, except no, I can't even say that. It's nothing really to say at this stage, except thank you for listening. And thanks to all who called today. I'm Bob Joseph. Looking forward to tomorrow's program. In the meantime, enjoy your afternoon. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.